Welcome to Mind in a Bind. Take a breather, turn around certain ideas and brighten up your mundane life with a fresh outlook. Listen on and tune in to the Takeaways from Life by Anita S.J. COVID-19 Remembering Daniel Defoe COVID-19 brings to my mind the devastation wreaked upon mankind by tiny microbes over the past centuries. Whether it was the plague of the 14th century where millions died or that when the epidemic came back to swallow nearly a quarter of London's population in the 17th century or the Spanish flu of 20th century that took away about a third of the world's population at the time in four successive waves. What was the common mindset of the masses then that remained just the same during the present corona pandemic of 21st century? Did we repeat the same mistakes, walk on the same pattern of mass behavior when challenged with a similar scare? Did we wake up just a little bit too late to the enormity of the crisis unleashed by this tiny, invisible virus? Did the frightening idea of the possibility of the entire human race being wiped out muddle with our heads? What was that one single most important lesson if learned could have helped us help ourselves better during this COVID attack? What lesson does a wave of terror-filled pandemic or pestilence mean to teach us? And are we ready to really learn now, grow wiser and get better equipped if and when faced with a similar scenario in the future? Sadly, our response to this pandemic was again template perfect. Across the world, we all demonstrated fundamental disposition and reactions akin to our brethren during earlier pandemics. What makes me say this? Happened to read and study a journal of the plague year that appeared in 1722. It is an account of the epidemic in London. It has all the vividness of Defoe's fiction while it is acknowledged to be historically accurate. Daniel Defoe journals as he sees what he feels while he goes about living in the midst of the stricken city, London. For a mind in a bind, here I am attempting to draw a parallel between the situations and sentiments then and now. Here is what he writes about how it all began when two people died of the plague. It was printed in the weekly bill of mortality in the usual manner. Thus, Plague 2, parishes infected, 1. The distemper spread slowly and in the beginning of May, the city being healthy, we began to hope that as the infection was chiefly among the people at the other end of the town, it might go no further. We continued in these hopes for a few days, but it was only for a few. For the people were no more to be deceived thus. They searched the houses and found that the plague was really spread every way and that many died of it every day. And accordingly, in the weekly bill of mortality for the next week, the thing began to show itself. News travels faster now, but sadly, coronavirus picked up flights and fanned out across the globe even faster. Initially, when we heard that the virus had infected Wuhan in December 2019, did it even occur to us that it would be coming knocking on our doors in such a short span? 
We leaned back on our couches, feeling appalled and sorry for the people while we watched it. All of us were in denial, either out of ignorance or secured in a false sense of insulation. I'm sure we thought exactly like the plague times that as the infection was chiefly among the people at the other end of the world it might go no further let us peek into the mindset of people from 4 centuries back through defo's writings now the weather set in hot and from the first week in june the infection spread in a dreadful manner and the bill of mortality rose high yet all that could conceal their distempers did it to prevent their neighbors shunning them and also to prevent authority shutting up their houses is it not exactly what happened here during the first wave of corona when people did not take the quarantine stamp seriously and went about their business as usual carrying the virus to places of religion tourist spots parties and public congregations When the authorities woke up to the sinister reality, steps to contain the virus were rolled out but were met with resistance. People viewed it as a hindrance to their freedom. Can we not see the likeness in the way the situation was handled by many a thousand amagas who concealed their cases and went unreported? We were not ready to accept the inevitable and our reaction was atypical stemming out of our state of mass disorientation. Defo goes on In Whitechapel where I lived nothing was to be seen but wagons and carts with goods women servants children etc all hurrying away This was a very terrible and melancholy thing to see and it filled me with very serious thoughts of the misery that was coming upon the city The truth gradually dawned upon us that corona was for real Confusion reigned as public life and commercial activities were disrupted. People manifested disbelief, agitation, repulsion, fear, bravado, avarice, out of heightened emotions that flared due to sudden realization that corona could strike anyone anytime. Suddenly, people became aware of every passerby. Religious fervor swelled. Comfort and longing of loved ones desired. Fools ventured unabashedly and as true in all crises opportunists found their moment in it rich sought getaway on their private yachts and islands economical and social circumstances forced immigrant workers throng bus and railway stations or hitting the road with whatever means available desperate to go back to their hometowns some even walked hundreds of kilometers braving heat hunger and corona just to reach their home and be amongst their loved ones sadly for some of them that solace ended in death in defo's times prophecies were made and also believed a blazing star or comet had appeared for several months before the plague and there had been universal melancholy apprehensions of some dreadful calamity the people were at this time more addicted to prophecies dreams and old wives fables than ever they were before or since some ran about the streets with oral predictions one crying yet 40 days and london shall be destroyed we too have had our share of people today with such addiction to prophecies dreams and old wives fables nostradamus was revisited 
believers saw God's hand in the catastrophe to purge evil in non-believers. Psychics besieged their 15 minutes of fame. Spiritual prodigies found themselves in momentary limelight and doomsayers had the fill of panic attacks. Social media networks created distorted informatics and prescience were glorified with grim pride. We all received and forwarded such posts on social media that predicted certain turn of events. Defoe continues to depict the horrible scenes of the plague times. The face of London was now strangely altered. It was all in tears. The shrieks of women and children at the windows and doors, where their dearest relations were dead, were enough to pierce the stoutest heart. Initially, when the infection started showing up in hundreds here, it missed people's attention. When it went past three figures, media started highlighting it with a regular show. And once it went to thousands, media started flashing it regularly, mix of truth and hype. Some went overboard with brash, cacophonic reportage. But awareness increased. And when death figures started multiplying across the world, and more so in developed countries, fear grew. And people started comparing it with the Spanish flu of 1918. What measures were taken by the officials in Defoe's times and how did the masses react to them? About June, the Lord Mayor and Aldermen began more particularly to concern themselves for the regulation of the city by the shutting up of houses. Examiners were appointed in every parish to order the house to be shut up wherever any person sick of the infection was found. A night watchman and a day watchman were appointed to each infected house to prevent any person from coming out or going into the same. Women searchers were appointed in each parish to examine the bodies of such as were dead, to see if they had died of the infection and over these were appointed physicians and surgeons. Other orders were made with regard to giving notice of sickness sequestration of the sick, airing the goods and bedding of the infected, burial of the dead, cleansing of the streets, forbidding wandering beggars, loose persons and idle assemblages and the like. One of these order was that every house visited be marked with the red cross of a foot long in the middle of the door. Many got out of their houses by stratagem after they were shut up and thus spread the plague. In one place, they blowed up the watchman with gunpowder and burnt the poor fellow dreadfully. And while he made hideous cries, the whole family got out at the windows. Others got out by bribing the watchman and I have seen three watchmen publicly whipped through the streets for suffering people to go out. Governments all over resorted to the only tool available to curb the spread, lockdown. By restricting the movement of people, proliferation of the virus was restrained. Similar events unfolded during the corona pandemic. Rallies were taken out against lockdowns and unruly people ran riot defying law enforcement agencies. Scared of being sent to quarantine centers, people stoned doctors and health workers, inadvertently jeopardizing the lives of the very people who were trying to bail them out. Misleading pseudo-community leaders stoked fear psychosis that turned normal human beings 
into following maladaptive ways. The fear of the unknown was intense and palpable. Even on an individual level, people would justify obnoxious behavior with indignancy. A bus driver refusing a nurse to board the bus to work or people denying entry to a doctor working with covid patients to their own home were examples of dread permeating into the fabric of a society such appalling scenes of our times where doctors nurses frontline health workers and even policemen were attacked by frustrated infected are vividly etched into our minds aren't they going ahead to read Defoe's nerve-chilling description of how the dead were buried. I went all the first part of the time freely about the streets, and when they dug the great pit in the churchyard of Algate, I could not resist going to see it. A terrible pit it was, forty feet long, about sixteen wide, and in one part they dug it to near twenty feet deep, until they could go no deeper for the water. It was filled in just two weeks when they had thrown into it 1,114 bodies from our own parish. We have watched similar dreadful scenes on television when military trucks carried the dead to common graves dug in a similar manner. Burial grounds were insufficient to keep up with the overwhelming fatalities as the virus spread swiftly with a vengeance. I think we need no further elaboration on the similarity of the outcome of the spread of the pandemic. Defo describes a speaking site similar ones I am sure some of you have had to witness mostly out of no choice during the present pandemic. Defo seemed to choose to go to see the awful scene out of plain curiosity. He further writes, I got admittance into the churchyard by the sexton. who at first refused me but at last said name of god go in depend upon it it will be a sermon to you it may be the best that ever you heard it is a speaking sight says he and with that he opened the door and said go if you will the scene was awful and full of terror the cart had in it 16 or 17 bodies some were wrapped in sheets or rugs some little other than naked or so loose that what covering they had fell from them in the shooting out of the cart and they fell quite naked among the rest but the matter was not much to them seeing that they were all dead and were to be huddled together into the common grave of mankind as we may call it For here was no difference made but poor and rich went together the cart was turned round and the bodies shot into the pit promiscuously corona did not discriminate a great equalizer devouring whoever crossed its path people went down like nine pins chilling scenes of dead bodies and covid patients lying unattended glared at us from our tv screens governments across the world trying to cope and ramp up their preparedness faced with the inhuman task of holding back the onslaught of this swarming disease everyone rallied to the call given by the government and followed norms of mask social distancing and sanitizing frontline workers got the due recognition and they became heroes for toiling endlessly under severe conditions with their life at risk 
Defoe writes about a time when the fear of the epidemic literally cleared the streets of people, even if it meant for the time being. In my walks, I had daily many dismal scenes before my eyes, as of persons falling dead in the streets, terrible shrieks and screechings of women and the like. There was nobody to be seen in the whole street, neither did any other window open, for people had no curiosity now, nor could anybody help another. Roads bore a deserted look, creepy quietude spread through our towns, stony silence pervaded our cities that were usually teeming and bustling with activity. It was like we were transported back by tens of years when the city was just beginning to mushroom. Moving further, Defoe continues to show us exactly what he sees as he sees in the Bell Alley. I went on into Bell Alley just in Bell Alley at the right hand of the passage. There was a more terrible cry than that and I could hear women and children run screaming about the rooms distracted. A garret window opened and somebody from the window on the other side of the alley called and asked, What is the matter? Upon which, from the first window, it was answered, Oh Lord, my old master has hanged himself. The other asked again, Is he quite dead? And the first answered, Hey, hey, quite dead, quite dead and cold. It is scarce credible what dreadful things happened every day. People in the rage of the distemper or in the torment of their swellings, which was indeed intolerable, oftentimes laying violent hands on themselves, throwing themselves out at their windows, etc. Mothers murdering their own children in their lunacy, some dying of mere fright without any infection, others frightened into despair, EGC or madness. There were a great many robberies and wicked practices committed even in this dreadful time. The power of avarice was so strong in some that they would run any hazard to steal and to plunder, and in houses where all the inhabitants had died and been carried out, they would break in without regard to the danger of infection and take even the bedclothes. Ah, the frailty of the human mind. Crisis does test the character of a person. Some weak-hearted people committed suicide out of fear after contracting corona. Irony is that they embraced the darkness which could have been possibly averted. The scare of the corona shook the multitude to their roots. Seizing of commerce did frighten a great many into despair, triggering mental illness, and the period also showed an increase in cases of domestic violence. Not to be left behind, the crooked-minded seized the moment to commit atrocity, felony, exploitation and corruption. As Charles de Gaulle puts it, quote, Faced with crisis, the man of character falls back on himself. He imposes his own stamp of action, takes responsibility for it, makes it his own, unquote. Defoe goes on. For about a month together, I believe there did not die less than 1500 or 1700 a day, one day with another. And in the beginning of September, good people began to think that God was resolved to make a full end of the people in this miserable city. 
whole families and indeed whole streets of families were swept away together and the infection was so increased that at length they shut up no houses at all people gave themselves up to their fears and thought that nothing was to be hoped for but universal desolation defo elaborates on the universal desolation thus when the people despaired of life and abandoned themselves it had a very strange effect for 3 or 4 weeks it made them bold and venturous they were no more shy of one another nor restrained within doors but went anywhere and everywhere and ran desperately into any company it brought them to crowd into the churches looking on themselves as all so many dead corpses They behaved as if their lives were of no consequence compared to the work which they came about there. Days on end into lockdown had a strange effect on people similar to what Beefo mentions in his journal. Perhaps it is the vagary of human nature that fear diminished and signs of impudence, fatalism and restive behavior started emerging as if their lives were of no consequence compared to the reason for being out. crowding at markets religious places and parties on the sly started those who dared to go about in the midst of the pandemic brazenly defying the safety measures added to the toll but sadly the collateral damage to the lives of police doctors nurses and auxiliary healthcare personnel was inexcusable what defo says happened to those who dared to go about in the midst of the pandemic brazenly defying the safety measures i know people encourage themselves by saying god is able to keep us in the midst of danger and this kept thousands in the town whose carcasses went into the great pits by the cartloads defo does not imply that they died because god failed to keep them in the midst of danger All he wants to point out is that brazenly defying the safety measures cost them their lives. Defo himself believed in the protection of the Almighty, and the fact that he survived the Great Plague of London shows it worked for him. For us to get to know Defo's views on faith and providence in the same journal, he writes, "Yet of the pious ladies who went about distributing alms to the poor and visiting infected families." Though I will not undertake to say that none of those charitable people were suffered to fall under the calamity, yet I may say this that I never knew any of them to fall under it. Giving is the greatest act of grace, and thankfully we had abundant number of pious souls who opened their hearts and purses to serve the disadvantaged during this couch, distributing food, arranging for medicine, transport and shelter. extending financial support and providing succor and in many more ways hopefully their lives are not claimed by the calamity here is how people behaved when they learned that the great plague was curable writes defo such is the precipitant disposition of our people that no sooner had they observed that the distemper was not so catching as formerly and that if it was catched it was not so mortal and that abundance of people who really felt sick recovered again daily then they made no more of the plague than of an ordinary fever nor indeed 
so much. They went into the very chambers where others lay sick. This rash conduct cost a great many their lives, who had been preserved all through the heat of the infection. And the bills of mortality increased again 400 in the first week of November. Notice the similarity in the disposition of a people. No sooner did the news of vaccine was announced, the fetters of corona slackened from our minds, and with each passing day, we became bolder and blatant. Soon, masks were missing, social distancing unheeded, and we conducted ourselves as if the devastation by corona was a distant event. Of course, commerce compelled the multitude to venture out, but how could we ignore the invisible virus which was still lurking around unvanquished? The compulsion to earn a living overrode the fear and a lot of people ventured out throwing caution to the winds. People started to look forward to the normal humdrums of life. Life became near normal or did it? Clearly no, as we are now facing the second and more deadly wave with the virus that's constantly mutating and striking back forcefully. It is not only the desolation that Defoe writes, but also about means taken to run the city smoothly. Bread was always to be had in plenty and cheap as usual. Provisions were never wanting in the markets. The streets were kept free from all manner of frightful objects, dead bodies or anything unpleasant. And for a time, fires were kept burning in the streets to cleanse the air of infection. Today, what applies in place of purging the city with fire is sanitization, thorough cleaning, cleaning not just our hands, but our whole body, whole body, not just from outside, but purging our mental cells too is what is required, keeping away fearful thoughts, acting wise by avoiding going out unnecessarily to face the virus. There is no courage in bringing it upon ourselves and then becoming one of the carriers spreading the menace. I conform to Defoe's opinion. Sure you too will agree. This is what he says. Many remedies were tried, but it is my opinion and I must leave it as a prescription that the best physic against the plague is to run away from it. Coming back to the question raised in the beginning of this podcast, what was that one single most important lesson if learned could have helped us help ourselves better during this COVID attack? If there was that one thing that could have been done in retrospect, then it was as Tifo prescribed, run away from it. If we have to apply it to today's times, then it all boils down to one thing, isolate yourself. Stay home, stay safe. Look at Corona as a powerful, deceitful and an invisible enemy. The virus attacks a human being and that being in turn is turned into a carrier. This Corona carrier then knowingly or unknowingly infects others, like in those zombie movies where one person infected goes and bites another. The zombies in those movies knew no better, but we do then why are we doing exactly what the virus wants us to do? Its intention is to thrive on us and grow, take over the body of the host. We behave like a good host, letting it do as it pleases. Let us be smart and render it weak by breaking the chain and not letting it spread. 
like in a war one simply looks for cover to stay safe let us try to stay back home to stay safe and follow the prescribed norms let us not give corona what it wants and it will surely back off like a good pilot nose dives into the sea or an uninhabited place to avoid crowded places to crash land when he knows that the plunge is inevitable we don't even have to do something that heroic we only have to conscientiously stay away from crowds to avoid spreading the infection i would like to read two quotes which can describe our environment today as baltasar gracian puts it quote the wise does at once what the fool does at last unquote the other one is by bernard williams quote there was never a night or a problem that could defeat sunrise or hope unquote tifo concludes thus the account of that calamitous year with a stanza of his own a dreadful plague in london was in the year 65 which swept a hundred thousand souls away yet i alive whether we share similar emotions to that of defo's conclusive stanza or no we sure are amazed at the fact yet i alive thank you for listening hope you enjoyed i am happier today share the thoughts subscribe so that you don't miss on our upcoming episodes